0: Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey group. The CHG is a family-oriented group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives geared at developing ice hockey in Hong Kong and southern China. Established in 2011, the CHG is comprised of various programs for players of all levels, from the exceptional junior Tigers program, the HKBN Island League, learn-to-play and learn-to-skate programs all the way up to their adult leagues, which include the SCIHL, for those looking for a fun recreational experience, and the CIHL, which is the only elite full-contact adult hockey league. If you're looking for some hockey equipment, or if you even need your skates sharpened, stop by the CHG Showroom in Central, an exclusive reseller of Warrior and power equipment. For more information about their programs, check out their website at ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com.
1: Hey, hockey fans. Welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Volume 52. My guest today is no stranger to the podcast. He's a strength and conditioning coach. He's the director of operations Asia Pacific for Wheel Hub Asia. One of the founders of Three In Line, uh, Hong Kong's newest inline hockey league, all the way from Swansea, Wales. Please welcome Mr. Dom Brown. How are you, Dom? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. How are you doing, bud? Good, man. Holding up, you know, like we were saying before, uh, it's tough times, but we're all getting through it together here.
2: Yes. Yeah. Trying to stay positive, right?
1: yeah that's right without Barb. being positive <laughs> <laughs> that's right and it's unfortunate that we can't you know have our usual hangout at the uh at the studio for this episode but uh just want to touch base with you Dom find out what's going on in the inline hockey world and uh, talk about your newest venture this season you know uh for those of you who don't know Dom's uh company Wheelhabage is one of our sponsors uh one of our amazing sponsors of course we've had for the last couple of seasons and um Dom's involved in everything inline hockey so let's find out what's going on dom first of all you decided to start a new inline hockey league in hong kong during a pandemic bold move my friend (laughs) and you pulled it off you just finished your first season why don't you uh tell us all about the new three in line
2: yeah sure so um basically uh three on three hockey is something that i i used to do back in uk quite frequently there'd be tournaments around the place and we would go and um some of the guys, it was no surprise really that the guys that were the better four on four players were also very, very handy at three on three. Mm. Um, when I first moved to Hong Kong, uh, we did a three on three tournament and you know the players really enjoyed it. And we just figured, you know, with, with travel being pretty much impossible at the moment, um, there's no tournaments there weren't any tournaments going on around Asia at the time uh we don't really have any training sessions for inline hockey so we were trying to think of a way to um kind of supplement the inline experience you know we didn't want to kind of take over or compete or anything like that with the the league that was already going on we just wanted a way to train if you like um have a bit of fun get on the rink with with some buddies and just and play some puck and we figured that um you know we didn't want to do four on four because that it's already been provided for so we figured we'd try three on three so um obviously you know most of your listeners would have seen an NHL game that uh, goes to overtime and they play three on three so the reason we chose three on three is a bit more of an exciting game if you like it's it's a bit faster there's not really any dump and chase it's a lot about the one-on-one battles drop passes cycling things like that and it's very fast you can get a fast break or it's you keep possession. It's just a different, different way of play. And then we figured that it would supplement and complement the four on four game quite well, like it has done in other countries. So yeah, we decided why not? And like you said, in the middle of a pandemic, it was, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a bold move. I mean, but I like your idea about, you know, as, as we get older, practicing isn't, you know, the, on everybody's the top of everybody's priority list at this time in our sports careers, but I mean, it's really yeah. important to get more time to, to get more reps and, and no matter what the sport is. So I think it's a really cool idea. And, uh, and it obviously went very well. Um, you know, I spoke to a few of the guys that in the league, including yourself who played all season and, you know, battled it out during the hot days and the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the elements battle, the elements here in Hong Kong. And, and uh, yeah. you guys seem to, you know, everything went very smoothly. So tell me a little bit about how the season went and, and a little bit about how you ran the league.
2: Yeah, so uh, I mean, so uh, basically we haven't finished yet
1: (laughs) because the
2: rink got closed down early January. So I think we've still got about each team has got two games left to play or three games left to play. So uh, obviously when the rink reopens, we'll uh, we'll finish the league off. But it's going pretty well. Um, Currently where the Wheel Hub team is sitting in second place. Uh, The Kraken are uh, are currently occupying top spot. And uh, I think, yeah, that's the team that Matt Lee plays for and he's top of points as well with Nicolo Hyatt is just below him mm-hmm. in the points, uh, point brace. But yeah, like you said, I think most people I've spoken to, actually everyone I've spoken to has really enjoyed it. We have players that couldn't register this season for whatever reason and they've said they want to play next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the feedback has been pretty good. Um And like you said, I mean... As adults, we don't really have an opportunity to train in Hong Kong. It's if you're a youth ice hockey player, yeah. then you could you know you can train every day of the week. But for inline there's the division one on a Tuesday, division two on a Monday. But other than that, there's not really any time to practice. So that was another reason that we wanted to set it up. You know, we we wanted to um make it so that guys could get out and play and practice a little bit, but also not have it on a weekly basis because people have you know family commitments, work commitments, people uh, our coaching or playing ice as well several times a week so we're trying to originally it was going to be once every three to four weeks um and just have like a monthly saying and a few games uh, for each team on the night um but then obviously with the the ring closures it's been a little bit it hasn't gone exactly the way we planned but we've dealt with it and you know like I said we've only got a few games left really of the season to finish
1: so were you involved in two different leagues throughout this season
2: uh, yeah, so we do the 4-on-4 the four four league that's run by Powerplay Sports Entertainment. Um, so we're still, you know, very much part of that. It wasn't our intention to to start something completely separate or to, um, you know, to not continue playing that. The, the reason we set up the 3-on-3 three three was to supplement it, to try and bring a couple of guys from ice hockey maybe across, maybe some of the guys that haven't played in a few years, which happened. We have a, a player, Bradley, who went to university in the UK and now is back, and... Um, and is playing in the three-on-three and you know, we're trying to convince him to play in the four-on-four league so that was another reason we set it up was to try and attract more of, of the ice guys that maybe have commitments during the week or can't make every week but can play occasionally and you know, introduce them or reintroduce them to, to inline hockey and get them on the wheels and just have a bit of fun as well
1: so did you guys set up the league do a draft at the beginning with some captains is that how you got it started
2: uh, no, so basically, the, I mean, as you know, all the ice hockey and the current inline hockey leagues in Hong Kong run by a draft system. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to do it a little bit differently. We wanted to uh, create a little bit of a club environment so people could choose like, to, uh, could choose their own players. So they would message their mates from ice or from other inline players, and they would just form a team. Uh, they had a maximum of seven players, so three, sorry, six skaters and one goalie. Um, and that was their team for the season. So, if players didn't make it, we started off with no LPPs or so no LPPs allowed, but then eventually we we kind of did allow one LPP because people either were injured or
1: right. Uh, and LPP is it. like a substitute player. guys you can yeah. call up. yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. and and uh, even that because the team had already paid their league registration, we weren't charging for players to LPP or to substitute in because the league fees had already been paid for it doesn't really cost us anything more if a player wants to, you know, to play a game of three on three. So, uh, the, the team GM would give would loan out one of their jerseys and they would play.
1: Right. That makes sense. And overall, how has the competition been? Has there been parity in the league and, and how has it been going so far as far as that goes?
2: I mean, yes. Yeah, um, a, there's one team that's maybe struggling a little bit because their goalie is, uh, one of the dads of the, of one of the players and he's never played in gold before, but you know what? He kicked it up. He got out there and he put himself in front of pucks which yeah. is more than I would do. Yeah, so, um, you know, and ultimately without him, we wouldn't, we'd have three teams, you know, we, right. we wouldn't have a league. So, um, you know, much respect to, uh, to Jason's dad, Joe for stepping up and, and going in net. Uh, obviously when you've got guys like Matt Lee and uh, you know, the guys kind of shooting at you, then they are, the difficult shots to stop, even if you're a seasoned goalie, but uh, for him to step in and and block some shots, you know, to be fair, is is good. So I would say that in terms of outfield, it's pretty even. Um, but uh, obviously, the goalie makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, of course. And um so you guys managed to get three quarters of the way through the season. You got some good yep. parity. Um what else has been going on? Have you have you had any youngsters that have come to want to join or how's the age the age discrepancy in the league?
2: Uh so we set it as as like a senior uh tournament or senior league, but uh, mm-hmm. anybody over 16 could play. We do have a couple of um I guess younger players. Um I say younger because I think the average age is like what well, 34. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these kids are like 16, 17. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they're playing on that team with um uh they are JW hockey so they're playing on that team with with uh, Jason Wong and um, yeah. Joe Wong in that. Um but they have a, a player Andy Hopkins uh from Namibia who plays in the ice league as well and he's kind yeah. of taking them under his wing a bit and and done a great job with them. Just teaching them because it's a different game. It's completely different to ice, completely different to four on four. You know, there's more about vision. All you know, it's different style of hockey. And the first few games they would you know be kind of not dumping and chasing, but they would try to go end to end. And rather than keeping possession, so you know yeah. you go down, you take a weak shot, and then you lose possession, and then the other team has the puck for a few minutes, and you don't see it again. Yeah. And um, but after a while they kind of you know picked up the idea of you know, why three-on-three three is different. And yeah, they, I mean, they they developed well. And I think a lot of the players are same. they start off, they've never really played that style before. Um, but then towards the end, you know, they realize, okay, we don't need to chase as much if we, if we keep the puck. We don't much. need to chase around
1: as much. Exactly. I mean, it's the exact same as watching an NHL over time. It's all about possession. I mean, yeah, it's sure. sometimes super boring to watch. There's, there's, They'll curl back five, six times, throw the puck back to the goalie, like whatever they yeah. have to do to maintain possession. Um, but it also, it, create, it it. like you said, it really invites creativity into the game, and, and it makes you try to beat guys one-on-one, which you don't see as much, especially in NHL hockey nowadays. Beating guys one-on-one is very hard to do. So, yeah. yeah, it invites that creativity and it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, things got off to a good start despite the pandemic. And And it seems like you, uh, you're you off to a good start with the league.
2: Yeah, true. Sure. And and obviously, one thing I do need to mention is that the uh, reason we were able to kind of run the league and run it at such a, a low price for players was obviously due to our very generous sponsors. So I just want to give those guys a shout out. If that's Absolutely. Cool yeah, man. So um, obviously uh, Misty's uh, Wan Chai Sports Bar, they're the league title sponsors and they show all sports, but they have been showing more ice hockey recently, uh, which has been great. Uh, TT Auto Booty, which is a card detailing service in Hong Kong. Uh, AQ Strong, which is a training academy. With, uh, so it's kind of like a, a bit of a gym, but more as a training academy for uh, anybody with an athletic mindset uh locker hooks which is an awesome piece of kit helps um storing hockey equipment and lacrosse equipment easy and efficient um don brown fitness i'm not going to talk too much about that one (laughs) Um, carlsberg and of course across the pond uh you know you guys donated some awesome uh, game mvp prizes which we've given out at the end of every game and you know the the beer koozies and the t-shirts and those have gone down really well too so thank Excellent. You for those.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. Happy. I'm glad it worked out for you. I mean, it, it happened pretty quickly. Um, we were really happy to be on board. You know, it was our first time getting involved, sponsoring something like this. So, yeah. a lot of fun. You know, and and it's a small hockey community, and it's important, I think, that we all keep working together here. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So, Dom, the inline region, the or the inline hockey in the region, obviously, is is slowed down because of the pandemic. We're not crossing yeah. borders right now. Um. Is there any future here for inline? to be more of like a Southeast Asian sport where where teams are traveling around and playing against each other?
2: Um, I definitely think so. I think before the pandemic, there were quite a few tournaments uh, either that were going on or that were planned. So uh, obviously the Hong Kong Inline Cup used to be one of the biggest inline hockey tournaments in Asia. Um, The uh, Malaysia Inline Hockey Tournament, again, has been going on for a while. Before that was the Singapore Inline Hockey Tournament there was the asia alliance cup which was i think it was due for the may as the pandemic started so that hasn't gone on um but there's quite a lot you know there's the tournament in thailand that happened recently in uh chiang mai and i know cambodia are organizing a tournament in april this year so there, there are a lot of tournaments going on in asia um i know that might sound a bit strange but uh you know there used to be a lot more travel obviously going on like I went to the Malaysia Inline hockey tournament back in 2019 before everything started. uh, And it was awesome tournament. Really, really good. I'd love to go back there. It's just with everything going on at the moment, it's been, been impossible. And obviously, you know, going to Chiang Mai, I'd love to go to Thailand, one of my favorite places in the world. And, to go there and play hockey would be a dream come true for me for sure.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I've been talking about this a lot lately. seems like, you know, we're all talking about the good old days Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong and, (laughs) and reminiscing and especially the new people who've arrived the last couple of years. And just talking about all the opportunities that we have thanks to guys like you and and other expats who are around Southeast Asia, starting these leagues, like in the, in the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, whenever they all started. And now we've got, you know, all these opportunities to travel on weekends to these beautiful countries and and amazing destinations, like you said, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines, uh, Singapore, all these places that we've been able to travel, whether it's ice hockey or inline hockey, it's like, this community continues to grow, man. And it's a lot of fun. And it's really, it's really cool to see.
2: It is really, it's really good to see. And obviously, uh, you know, big uh, shout out to to Keith Fong from Powerplay Sports, because I know he does a lot of you know, yeah. organizing these tournaments and stuff. And he organizes the three, the, uh, sorry, the four and four league uh, on a Monday and a Tuesday. And I think without his input and, and dedication as well, it would be, uh, it wouldn't be where it is today. And you know, I think even though Keith started, I guess, in the ice hockey community and then um, you know, started getting more involved with inline, it's, it's really good that the connections are there. And like you say, the community needs to work together. Uh, we're such a small niche sport, especially inline hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of need all the help we can get and definitely working together and trying to support each other within asia and uh you know across the world is is important
1: yeah, that's well said. I mean, Keith does so much for the hockey world, uh, in line, ice hockey, everything. He seems to be involved in everything. Uh, one of those go-to guys for me anytime I have a question or a problem in the hockey world here, he seems to, he seems to be able to help. So yeah, shout out to Keith yeah. Fong. Um, yeah. So before we move on, uh, I want you to introduce us to, to Narch. Uh, before we get yeah. into that, uh, why don't you, instead of, you know, our listeners are used to us playing the Wheel Hub Asia ad, why don't you just tell, <laughs> us, tell us what's going on with wheel hub a little bit and uh how people can um you know take advantage of your guys products
2: yeah sure so uh i mean we started off as a kind of we had two i guess like we you know came up with two prongs if you like two things that we wanted to do first one being uh, improve the community or um, the links between the inline community across asia and then obviously offer products to players in asia at, at reasonable prices because it used to be a case of if you wanted to buy wheels or anything like that, you'd have to get them from the states, and then when you include shipping and everything on top, it just became very expensive. And he'd always add in a couple of extra items that you didn't really need. Yeah. So like, well, I'm shipping them over anyway, so exactly might as well pay more. Uh, So we we through my I guess uh, experience of coaching and playing around different parts of the world, you know, meeting people from different brands, I decided to just reach out to them and say, "Listen, you know, we've we've got this idea. We want to." offer these products, you know, top quality products at reasonable prices for people and for plays in Asia, because like I mentioned, shipping them in from the States or from Canada, doesn't yeah. always, it's not always the most cost effective way. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's kind of how Wheel Hub Age was born really. It, you know, we wanted to, you know, all of us involved are passionate, very passionate about inline hockey. We grew up playing inline from a young age. We've been most of say like two out of three of us have played in North America In Europe um, and and we've coached and and things as well so it's something that we're passionate about something that we wanted to give back to the sport and yeah so uh, I mean like we have the online store wheelhubasia.com, but also we try to promote tournaments and events and things that are going on as well we we speak to so many different people around the world not just in Asia um, about how we can help the development of the sport within the region um, and yeah, that's kind of why we, <laughs> on our next topic, is is talking about notch, like you mentioned, and that's one of the reasons that we wanted to, to experience that.
1: Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to. I know you've uh, you've been working hard trying to connect me with people outside of here for the podcast, and Pablo Navarro, who. Who I've been in contact with before because he was yep. the one who who helped get you guys helped me get Dampy Burr on the podcast as a guest. So yeah. I know he does so much for the inline world, and there's some oh, really yeah. big things happening right now. So why don't we get right into it, Dom? Tell me what's going on.
2: Yeah. Uh so to touching on that point there, obviously, with Pablo and the Pamagun Knights Academy, they've done a lot of uh, a lot of really, really good things in South America, North America, Europe, and Africa. And realistically, I think Asia should be the next, <laughs> the next stop, unless there's hockey yeah. going on in the, in Antarctica and the Arctic. But um, yeah, yeah, we are obviously the current situation means it's been a bit more difficult to get anything set up there. But we are speaking to to Pablo and the guides at Palmer Golden Knights Academy to get them across to Asia to run some clinics and things like that and tournaments and and so on. But um, that's still in the pipeline for now until things settle down. Um, but in terms of notch, um, Basically, I don't know, uh, most people might not have heard about NASH, but it's North American Roller Hockey Championships. It started in 1994 and has basically grown to what most consider is the pinnacle of club inline hockey tournaments across the world. Um, In 2008, in San Jose, they had uh, 435 teams enter that tournament. And then the following year was the year that they split it into East and West. Because basically, I don't think they had a venue that was big enough for them to be
1: able to continue
2: growing at that rate. Right. And the
1: the venues change each year?
2: uh, So um, I don't know if they change every year. They generally stay around the West Coast, like Southern California. Okay. So like I said, there's one in San Jose. uh, Generally, they're around uh, Huntington Beach, Anaheim, uh, Irvine, and ironically, Corona uh, in (laughs) Southern California. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For their West Coast uh, divisions, anyway. Uh, East Coast, I'm not entirely sure. I think maybe in Michigan, uh, New Jersey, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, they, they've uh, they split into two divisions and this year, uh, I believe that they're back, the finals are back to one, uh, one division. Uh, I know they have 19 age categories and within those age categories, they've got tiered subdivisions. So like uh, gold, silver, platinum, um, obviously not in that order, <laughs> but they have three, they have different um, kind of tiers within each division as well. So, uh the the i guess the the idea is you will qualify playing in regional qualifiers acro- wherever you're from across the states and then from there you qualify to go to the finals and obviously the better teams will be put in like the, the platinum division and then maybe the slightly weaker teams will go into the silver divisional and then somewhere in the middle will be gold but they do also have a pro division um and they have twenty thousand us dollars prize money for the pro for the pro division which is that's pretty cool
1: where does most of the pro inline hockey? Where is it mostly played?
2: Um, funnily enough, Spain and France is probably the two biggest pro inline leagues. So in Europe, yeah, okay. uh, a lot of the a lot of the like Americans and and Canadians from the national teams, uh, a lot of Czechs will play in France, uh, Spain, and even Italy now. So yeah, it's um, in terms of regular professional leagues, mainly in Europe, but they do have the pro divisions. Uh, where teams like Palmer Golden Knights and teams like Conics and, uh, and Mission and all these other teams will, will enter teams and some guys will like fly in, especially for that. Some guys that are already based in the States will play. You get NHL players playing. Um, There's quite a lot, actually, of NHL players that have played in not, so Patrick Maroon, obviously, being uh, the obvious one, having won three back-to-back Cups. Yeah, he's going and,
1: for his uh, fourth Cup. Uh, yeah I mean I think they the, just big lost, rig. right?
2: the big rig the big rig the big rig yeah so yeah uh, I mean he, he's obviously a, a you know a big advocate of of the sport but then you've also got players like Alex de Debrink- Brinkert yeah uh, Dylan Strom who are playing on a line with Patrick Kane you've got uh, Dylan Larkin, Carl Connor, Jason Zucker, Chris Terry, Jake Vertinen and and many many more of wow. you know NHL guys in the current I guess uh current class of of uh of the NHL are um, yeah, I've played that notch.
0: When we're not talking about hockey on Across the Pond, we're usually listening to music. And after the number of hours our headphones spend on our sweaty ear holes, they usually need a little bit of TLC. Luckily, our buddy Brandon from Accessory House Global is there to help. If you're in need of replacement cables, ear pads, or heck, even a brand new carrying case, this is the one-stop shop you need to visit. Check him out on Instagram at the A H G or visit their website at accessoryhouseglobal.com. You can even get a 20% discount on your first purchase by typing in A-H-G 20 off. Tell them Across the Pond sent ya.
1: Right, so if you is if, it's you got you said it's widely considered probably the biggest and and you know uh, maybe best representation of roller hockey in the world as an international yeah. is 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 there other international events that are taking place that we're not even that yeah. I'm I'm not aware of you know like that are just as yeah. big or,
2: I mean there I mean obviously I need to add a caveat there are other club tournaments in the states as well in Canada that um, you know that are good uh, obviously I don't mean to only promote Nash. I'm just talking about Nash because that's yeah. the one that we, we're we focused on going to. There's State Wars, which is uh, currently ongoing at the moment, which is another great tournament. And then there's uh, Tours, which is mainly based out of Florida from what I understand. So there's a couple of other ones as well in terms of club tournaments, but also then you've got the uh, World Skate World Championships, which are happening later this year, I believe. So there's World Championships as well for, uh, for inline hockey, men's, women's, and across the different age groups. So uh, senior men's uh, uh, is in Argentina, I think.
1: Right. So, what do you guys have planned for Narch, and what is your what is what is the future for you guys and your involvement? Uh, so,
2: yeah, sure. So basically, the um, the reason I wanted to take players to Narch has uh, been something that's been bubbling under the surface for quite a while since before probably we started even Wheel uh, Wheelhub Asia. Uh, Back in 2011, we took a a group of teams out there between under 10s and under 18s to the AAU Junior Games at uh, Huntington Beach in California. Mm -hmm. And then a few days later, then there was a NARCH tournament going on up in San Jose. So we decided to, you know, as we're over that part of the world, why not take these kids to NARCH? Um, I mean, I'd I'd been before, um, the other coach had been before. And the atmosphere is just incredible. I mean, it's like a kind of carnival with hockey going on in the background. You've got the stalls from all the the big brands with their latest products out. You've got uh, PS5 booths where players from all over the world come down, sit together, play NHL on the PS5. They've got, you can kind of borrow this latest stick, try it for a game and give it back and all this kind of stuff. It's really, the atmosphere is probably what makes it, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, you've got the quality of the teams and the players too, but the atmosphere is just incredible um you know people from all over the world talking to each other, meeting new friends, uh, meeting friends that I've had since before, you know, since 2011, 2010 that I've had I've still got now and I consider very close friends. So uh, yeah we wanted to give that experience to players um and you know go out there and, and see how amazing an in, in, inline hockey uh you know tournament can be it's like I guess the all-star weekend for ice hockey players you know we've they do have a skills competition uh, as well, it goes on. It's uh, you know since going there in 2011, a lot of the players have asked you, know, when, when can we go back? When can we go? You know, we want to go Narch, we want to play Narch again. Um, so that we decide that probably next year would be realistically the probably the first time that we'd be able to to do it again.
1: It's also one of those things where you got to have a carrot dangling at the end of the stick and have something to look forward to, to you know, to drag guys yeah. out, keep people interested, and you know, it's it's really important to have these kind of events. No matter what age, you want something to look forward to at the end of the day.
2: Oh, for sure. And and you know, we started off with. um, you know, focusing on under 12s, under 14s, under 18s, and then senior men's. Because I figured, you know, obviously I want to play as well. Yeah. Um, Plus plus someone's going to have to coach the kids. So we figured why not put a senior team in. Um, But I mean, we were, I guess, overwhelmed with the response, to be honest with you. I mean, now I think we're going to have 11 entries uh, in 12s, 14s, 18s, 24s, senior men, 30 and over men, 40 and over men. And also we, we almost have enough players for a senior women's team as well so um it's, it's been pretty crazy is, is
1: that what you're doing now so you're in the process of recruiting all of these teams and and trying to see how many divisions you can fill up or is that just yeah, kind of yeah. just playing is that kind of just playing itself out
2: a, a bit of both i mean obviously we were actively recruiting to fill those original four teams um like i said i mean we're up to almost 11. 11 entries the reason i say entries is because our under 12s would enter in the under 12s and under 14s under 14s would enter under 14s and under 16s okay so they would play their own level plus the division age division above um like i said you know if we're going all that way True. Um, yeah i want to try and get a, as much hockey as i can for them and then plus we figured i mean most of the guys on the senior team are over 30 so why not play over 30s as well couple are over 40 so yeah. we that's how that happened and then we had uh, messages from female players like Oh, i want to play um you know it's, it's like i said it's been quite overwhelming uh we originally we we were thinking of just taking plays from asia but then we had so many messages from people in la or sorry north america and europe and even australia that are like oh my my mother's from china or my dad's from philippines uh I, you know i love what you're doing can we come and play and i was like, well. I'm not going to say no. It's you know ultimately yeah. it's if you've got Asian heritage or you live in Asia or you're uh, you're an Asian player and you know wherever you are in the world, then we'd love to have you on the team. I think it's all about like I said before connect you know connecting people, building the community. Um, you never know who you know might play on the team with somebody that a few years down the line gives you a job opportunity. You know it yeah. could be anything as simple as that. So uh, or you just might have, be good mates and you meet up every couple of years to play together and have a few beers after. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been. It's been really cool actually seeing and listening to people's stories about, you know, how their family are where they are now and you know, when they left Asia and how they got involved in hockey. I mean, this morning I was speaking to somebody from Palos Verdes in Southern California who played for 36 years and we have friends in common. Um, wow. Just like randomly got in touch. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, it's really cool. And as part of the, obviously you know, at the moment, I'm not working as much as I'd like to, but part of the, uh, you know, the daily, planning and organizing stuff is like chatting to people from around the world. And, and I love that just hearing their stories and find out, you know, where they're from and how they got there. And like I said, I mean, we've had interest from Iran, India, Singapore, Israel, uh, obviously China, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Macau, but then even like UAE, Spain, Canada, Australia, Like it's it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's really, really, it's awesome to see there's so many players, either Asian players play living and playing abroad or, Uh, people of Asian heritage are really supportive of what we're doing
1: yeah man I mean uh, you're preaching to the choir here I I absolutely love hearing these stories too and uh look forward to them in the future I mean you're going to hook me up with a couple cool guests and some guys that are involved heavily involved in the inline world and I can't um you know I can't wait to talk to them um so is you're 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 in the process of recruiting are you also locking down funds to help try and uh like, are you guys going to do fundraisers? What's the plan on, on financing? This is a pretty big, pretty big adventure.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously we're, we're encouraging the players uh, when we send out the information to them, we're encouraging them to try and find private sponsors because obviously ultimately flying halfway across the world to play in a tournament and to stay in a hotel is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are trying to keep the costs as low as possible for people. Um, we are trying to source sponsors. I think the only issue that we probably have is, is the... I guess companies in Asia wouldn't really see a benefit of sponsoring a team that are playing in Southern California and the teams and companies in Southern California are probably surrounded by some of the best inline hockey players in the world already. Right. So, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tough. We are trying, uh, trying our best. We probably will have to do some fundraisers. I think at the moment in, especially in Hong Kong, financially people are feeling a bit of the pinch anyway. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and plus, uh, you know, we're also involved in a charity called Falling Stars that we've yes. done some charity stuff for as well. So, um, I, I feel bad for kind of keeping asking, keep asking people to put their hands in their pockets and things like that. But I'm, I'm sure as we get closer to the time, we'll think of some fundraisers fundraisers or some events that we can do, um, to try and like, I say, even just further reduce the cost for players. Cause ultimately, you know, I think hockey should be, it sh- it should be affordable for people. Um, and we want to, get as many people involved in this trip to, to notch as we can, because it's almost, we want to use it like a catalyst to, to boost the growth of inline hockey in Asia, because I know that those kids that go, there are going to come back and they're going to be talking about this in 10 yes. years time, at least. Yeah. And, you know, and they may say our oh, next season, Oh, well, yeah, that sounds like an awesome trip. The photos look amazing. The videos are cool. We want to go. And then more players go more players go. And then that increases the quality of the players in, in Asia. And then everything just develops organically. Then that's, that's the kind of goal, the ultimate Uh, I guess, outcome that we could hope for is more people want to go.
1: Yeah, that's perfectly laid out. I mean, that's exactly what you want. And like I said, having that, those big events and something for people to look forward to really pushes people to get involved. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So before we move on, um, is there anything else? uh, Obviously, it's a huge or a huge process that you're going through to organize this. So what are you planning to do after this trip? Like, how would this how do you think that this trip to NARCH will catapult everything that's going on in Asia?
2: Um, I think, uh, like I said, if we can use this as a catalyst for people, even to speak about the sport a little bit more, um, you know, the people, players will go and tell their friends, their families, say, you know, maybe then the next season or the next time we want to go out there, there's an extra team or an extra two teams. I mean, the growth between within a few weeks of recruitment has gone from four teams to, <laughs> to significantly more. That's so great. I'm hoping that. Yeah, and, and I didn't expect that to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. it's great to see. And I think that if that can continue and, you know, weather teams, then, you know, we're taking teams over as like a Wheel Hub Asia team. But if then next year people are like, actually, you know, I want to, my team in Taiwan is going to send a club team or my team in Macau is going to send a team. That's great because yeah. ultimately that means you've got enough players to, you know, to take yourself to a tournament and then that's going to completely, it's going to continue to grow. That's right. um, And that's the goal. It's not, I, I don't want to make a team full of superstars you know, from Europe and North America. That's not the point. The point is to take players out of Asia to something new that they haven't been to, to experience that, and then use that and go back and just talk about the sport and spread the word and get their friends interested. And I think that's, for, like I said, that's for me is what we want to happen. Um, but you know, we'll do, we'll continue doing what we can, even after notch, we, you know, we hope to make it a regular occurrence. Um, probably every other year. So my wife doesn't get too mad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Obviously, uh, you know, collaborating between the the people that go across Asia or from wherever they are in the world with that Asian heritage, keeping in touch with people and chatting and saying, okay, now, what can we do next? How can we continue to grow it? And how can we uh, use that trip as a catalyst and then going forward, keep on doing that, you know, on a regular basis. Um, You know, I've been fortunate enough to go to Europe and to North America to play in various tournaments and i just wanted to you know try to do the same for the players in asia
1: it's phenomenal, man. I mean, like we said earlier, it's so important that all these different aspects of the hockey world come together. You need ball hockey, you need inline hockey, you need yeah. ice hockey, you need all the hockeys and you need everybody, you know, kind of pulling the same way in the same direction. And that's growing the game. So good yeah. on you for everything that you're doing. And before I let you go today, Dom, um, yeah. you guys have been doing so much work in the community and, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, Barry Beck, um, who has been on the yeah. podcast, um, Barry's doing tremendous work right now in the community, and uh, especially around mental health, mental health awareness, um, raising money for his uh, organization called Fallen Stars. Um, You guys did an an unbelievable event, decided to skate 100 kilometers (laughs) on rollerblades. And yes, there are 100 kilometers to be found around Hong Kong folks, but they had to be creative uh and and do this skate-a-thon and they did it to raise money um for fallen mm-hmm. stars so barry's been on the podcast before we know a little bit about him you know a famous new york ranger who's been coaching hockey yeah. over here for a long time and tremendous human just a guy who does you know has a huge heart and yeah, does I'm so sure. much for yeah. the community um talk to me a little bit about your collaborations with barry and uh the event that you guys held uh, not too long ago
2: Okay. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, our collaboration probably goes back maybe our start of the collaboration probably goes back about eight years, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, helping Barry with the uh, academy ice hockey program, the youth program. I was going to schools, teaching inline hockey, doing uh, some, uh, on ice coaching with him, then also doing some fitness work with, with some of the female, some of his uh, female athletes. So I've kind of known Barry for, for quite a while. Um, Obviously, when we saw he was starting up this charity, and I think at the time, um, if I'm being frank, it wasn't perhaps a great time for me because, you know, like I, gyms had closed down and I was getting, um, I think the word depressed gets thrown thrown around a little bit too loosely, but I yeah. was not in a good way myself. You know, I wanted, yeah. I, I was struggling. Let's yeah, that. Under, I um, totally
1: understand. We've all yeah. been there. Yeah.
2: And um, so I was, I, you know, I knew Barry before and I was like, you know, it sounds it's like something really cool, something that uh, I'd like to support because I think it affects everybody. And especially at the time, there was a lot of people around the world um, that were going through maybe some mental health problems and um, were suffering a bit and maybe just needed a kind of an arm put around them and told them, you know, it's going to be all right. You know, just stick with what you're doing, keep on going, it'll be fine. And so, yeah, we kind of reached out to Barry and I said, listen, you know, I like, see what you're doing. Is there any way we can support, you know, we want to um you know, support the cause and do what we can to try and help? And I guess I have to admit that it was me that came up with a stupid idea of <laughs> skating hundred <laughs> kilometers. <laughs> and um and you know, me and you know, we were like, Oh, it'll be fine, you know. We didn't do any training for it, we didn't um prepare it's crazy. well, it's... we didn't even do a warm-up. It is yeah. crazy. And and looking back, I probably should have done a bit more. Um but we literally rocked up at six o'clock in the morning, put our skates on, and went. And yeah, looking back, it was a. I mean, we, nutrition wise, I'd got everything sorted. I'd spoken to colleagues that deal with like ultramarathon runners and things, so I knew nutritionally we would be okay. And I was thinking, well, I've grown up on my skates so long, yeah. I should, I should be able to skate 100 kilometers, yeah. Um, and then we got 60 kilometers in, and then the cramp started, and um, it was it was pretty brutal um a couple of times we were like you know what so we just stop and we're like no you know just 30 more kilometers we you know we said we're gonna do it and and yeah and then we did it eventually and yeah we we're sore for about four days after
1: oh i can imagine i think i would have been sore for for a good four to six months after that's <laughs> after that skate uh it just seems crazy and did you guys have to approach anyone in the city and let let anyone know that you were doing such a and such an event
2: uh no, to be honest, with you, because it was on. A, we did it all on main on the cycle path that goes around from uh, Taiwai. Uh, it actually starts at Maanshan because Maanshan and around to Yunlong and then back around. So it was we just did it on a cycle path. Um, it wasn't a kind of official, uh, official event because at the time it was still during COVID as well. So we were a little bit wary about kind of the you know the restrictions and things like that. But um, yeah, we we were fortunate that we. Uh, we started early enough uh, and we were just sensible about it. I mean, obviously when we were going into crowds, we put the masks on and things like that, but um, no, we, we didn't really need to tell anybody what was going on. We just uh, <laughs> went ahead and did it. I guess, uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission, right?
1: <laughs> Always. That's that's a, everybody's. Everybody should follow that mantra. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just an unreal event. And um, if anyone would like to check out uh, what Barry's doing, just head to fallenstars.org. Um, you know, it's, it's all about respecting mental health and, you know, all of his initiatives and all of his resources and all of his time is being dedicated to this. Like I said, Barry's a great human. He's doing a lot to try and try and help other people. And, uh, it's just a great mission that people should get involved in and also uh kudos to you guys for getting involved with him so you guys also have a link if you go through the wheelhubasia.com website you can find all all the information about fallen stars uh you can you can support them by uh buying merchandise uh is there anything else dom that uh, i'm forgetting to mention here
2: I think uh, at the moment, there's what's called a fund duel that we're participating in. Uh, We're basically uh, encouraging people to drop the gloves in the fight against mental illness and brain injuries. Uh, This is actually for a company called The Ranch, Teammates for Life, which was set up uh, in Mark Pavlik's memory. Uh, It's basically to help people that suffer from uh, brain injuries or mental illness. Uh, So we are taking part in that at the moment as a kind of competition between different organizations who can raise the most. Um, and I, like I said earlier, I mean, I, I, I don't like asking people all the time to dig in their pockets, but if people do want to donate, to, it is a very worthwhile cause and a very good cause. And I think a lot of people during their life, especially recently, will either themselves or somebody close to them will be affected by uh, mental, mental illness at some point. So, um, yeah, if they, uh, I think their link should be on the fallingstars.org website as well. So that they can go on there and um, you know check out the fun deal that we're doing. But yeah, we're basically making, encouraging people to make a video, a 30-second video, just uh, dropping the gloves, uh, making a mean pose, or doing something funny, and uh, yeah, dropping the gloves in the fight against mental illness and brain injuries.
1: Awesome stuff, man. Uh, you guys are doing such a great job. Uh, congratulations on everything and the success you your three in line league and everything that you've uh, put your fingers into, uh, the last couple of years, you guys are doing tremendous work.
2: Thank you, man. We appreciate it. And we'll hopefully continue to do so and we'll keep everybody posted with, uh, things that are in the pipeline. We'll keep everybody posted uh, on our social media too.
1: And how can people find you dumb and, uh, before i let you go yeah how can people reach out or how can they you know we didn't even mention that you're a you're a personal trainer how can people find you <laughs> if, if they need anything from uh inline wheels to personal training how can they get a hold of don brown uh so
2: uh for, i'll stick with the wheels for the minute it's uh, wheelhubasia.com uh all of our um i guess our social, social media instagram things like that is at wheelhubasia you can find us there if anybody is looking for uh maybe hockey specific exercises or training, or even just if they just, you know, general fitness and uh, and uh, strength work, then uh, at Dom Brown Fitness or dombrownfitness.com. you can find me there.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for your time today, Dom. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Chris. All right. Okay. That was Across the Pond and that's a wrap. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, accessoryhouseglobal.com, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Felix & Co., Psalm Sleep, and Yardley Brothers Craft Brewery. And of course, our head honcho here at Sunset Studio, Mr. Paul McClain. Folks, if you want to reach out, send in a question or a comment to acrossthepondhk.com or find us on social media at acrossthepondhk.